Do you know anybody who is newly married, nearly married, dating, engaged, or thinking about marriage? Huh? Well, that should if be you it. know someone, if you are that person, which everybody should fall into <laughs> yeah. one of those categories, this episode is for you. Yeah, today we got we had an interesting conversation about the common pitfalls that yes. young couples approach because they bring in certain understandings, certain assumptions, yep. certain expectations about what marriage is, what marriage should be, and who yes. their spouse should be to them. So mm. it was a really fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Today's been a, it's a long time coming. Yes, it's it's a day of celebration, a day of because beginnings because this is our first interview, our first hopefully of many 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 yes. more interviews. The, the purpose of these is to be bonus and extra material for our listeners. Right. So we hope to drop them on Thursdays or every other Thursday. Because our normal episodes ha- happen every Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. So that well, that's not going to change, but we're going to hopefully add in every other Thursday or so. Yeah, like what Selena was saying, we're going to do these interviews. We already have a bunch in the pipeline, and mm-hmm. this we are we couldn't be more excited because there's different perspectives. There's a lot smarter people than us out there. <laughs> so if we continue to have those, then we'll do them as often as we can. Mm-hmm. And this thankfully has been made possible by our awesome Patreon supporters. Yes, there's about 92 of you. Thank you so much for believing in what we're doing. That's mm-hmm. allowed us to uh, get the help that we need to coordinate this stuff. There's a lot of technical and schedule back-end stuff to coordinate these interviews. (laughs) Children to be cared for. (laughs) Anyway, this this little bit of housekeeping won't be included in every interview episode, but just so you know, that's what this is. This is the first of many episodes like this bonus content, like Selena said. And today, we got to talk to Scott Kadersha. He's an incredible thinker in this space. He's been ministering to, ministering to marriages, young married couples, mm-hmm. newly married couples, engaged couples in a large church that I, I would argue has the best marriage program in the country, yeah. if not probably in the world. Yeah. One thing I love is just Scott's heart for young couples, for newly married couples. And he his new book that's coming out, Ready or Not, K-N-O-T, is incredibly helpful. And it's a, it'd be a wonderful gift for somebody if you know somebody that is getting married or mm. engaged. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, I'm excited for you all to listen. And I hope this is a great blessing to you. All right, Scott, how are you doing? Hey, it is so good to be here with you guys. I'm doing great. As as we mentioned in the intro, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Scott Kadersha. He is a friend of Fierce Marriage, a mm-hmm. longtime friend, I'd say. Long time. Probably one of our oldest yeah. like blogger yep. contacts. Yes. Yeah. So, Scott, do you remember where, where we met? I can remember so vividly the very first time I saw <laughs> your... The wonderful face. <laughs> so my, my bald head and wonderful face. I did. We were in the... <laughs> The Watermark Community Church Coffee Shop, and I'd actually heard of you guys. I've been tracking with you and following you, and then uh, a mutual friend of the Village Church connected us, and we got to meet up over coffee. Yeah, does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds yeah. exactly right. You 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 passed the first test. <laughs> no, yeah, I was. So we were in Dallas because yeah. we were actually considering moving there at some point, and we actually went went to the Village Church to check those guys out and got to meet. Um, one of their family pastors, and he and I said, "Hey, he 
he basically said we we hand all our we hand all of our marriage kind of like or we, what's the word he used basically a partner with you guys to send a lot of their couples yeah. through your pre-marriage courses and mm-hmm. stuff like that which they're yeah. a massive church mm-hmm. and you guys are a massive church yeah. and i think by all metrics you guys are leading the charge mm-hmm. in terms of marriage ministry in the local church that's why it's was such a blessing just to get to know you and john over mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. at an early stage in our yeah. marriage career if that if that's a thing yep i agree so yeah, and you stayed kind, with Scott when you were when you visit down there in Dallas. He allows yes. you to sleep in his in their I slept house. in Scott's bedroom for like four <laughs> nights. Well, not his actual not bedroom. bedroom. The <laughs> guest no, bedroom. I was at the foot of their bed. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a I was so curled awkward. up on like a no. it was like a little <laughs> pillow <laughs> thing. We get one of those chair. like those little dog beds. Yeah, at the end of the bed that, that we let you <laughs> stay in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you, man. you and Kristen were very gracious and your your boys are all yeah. strapping young, well-behaved Yeah, lads. no, I think we should dive into uh, that. We, we need to hear about Scott and his, a little bit about his family and who he is and how he's come to do what he's doing. And I think you'll probably learn why we wanted him on the podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. So Scott, tell us a little about your, about your family and, and your role at Watermark. Well, you're kind. And the only downside of that trip to Dallas was that you guys didn't actually move to Dallas. I keep praying that will happen, <laughs> but we could still be friends long distance. So, yeah, so I'm married to Kristen, who is tremendous, married since 2001. Actually, a little bit of our backstory. I was in grad school for physical therapy, and she was one of my instructors. And so a little bit hot for teacher. I had a huge crush on her from day one. <laughs> yeah, It took took a long time for her to get with the program, finally convinced her to date me. And long story short, very long story, uh, unhealthy dating broke up, got really, really serious about a relationship with Christ, got back together. And we got married uh, in 2001. So we've been married 17 mm. and a half years at this point, the time we're recording this. Nice. And we do have a, a very loud, fun home. So four boys, twins who are 14 and then a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, they're they're just awesome. We're in a really sweet season of life right now, for the most part. <laughs> definitely, definitely some challenges. It, it, it's a very stinky, smelly house, but a lot of fun <laughs> house with all those boys, <laughs> as you can imagine. That's awesome. And uh, and I get to I get to serve on, and staff at a great church in Dallas called Watermark Community Church. I'm the director of marriage ministry, and, and uh, really love what I get to do. Kind of fell into it. Nobody plans and grows up wanting to be a marriage pastor, but that's what I get to do with uh, how I spend my time. And I, I love, I love what I get to do. That's awesome, man. And I do want to dig into that specifically what your role is within kind of that, the marriage ministry ecosystem over at Watermark. But first I do remember hanging out with the, I think one night, I think you and Kristen were gone. I was hanging out with the boys, just me and me and them. And I think the winter yeah. Olympics were on and it was whenever Sean White just did the most ridiculous snowboarding run on the half pipe and like clinched the gold and it was loud yeah it was pretty loud and smelly at that moment (laughs) that's right my poor wife yeah she endures it as well yeah Yeah. so so you work okay so at watermark now specifically you're you're, it seems like you spend most of your time dealing with newlyweds or you have done that in the newlyweds and nearlyweds i think that's the term we heard you say Mm -hmm. when we first met you what yeah. so what does that look like and so if we we do have a lot of listeners that are obviously married we have a lot that are that are headed toward marriage or yes. um you know dating and hoping uh to to marry the person they're dating and so we get a lot of questions so how do how, you know we address mostly from the married side of it but how does a young newly married couple 
what are the things they should anticipate and how can we frame it around what you've experienced in terms of the problems that newlyweds typically face so that the nearlyweds can uh, have that in mind. So I guess I'll summarize that whole question is what are the biggest, I think, what would you say like the three biggest challenges that newlyweds face? Yeah, great. So I do, I do get to work with pre-married, newly married couples. It's a ton of fun. Just that change of life from going from being a single individual to being married and all the changes that come with that, the good and the bad. Mm. And so really, if I had to you know, summarize it, I'll give you a couple of them. You know, so one is, uh, is a very few couples really know what a healthy marriage should look like. And so, you know, we'll ask, ask this question in our pre-married class or with our newlyweds. How many of you came from a home where mom and dad are still married and have a marriage that you wouldn't want to be like when you grow up? And as you can imagine, you know, yeah. very, very few hands go up, 10%, 15%. And so we don't know what marriage should look mm. like. And so as a result, we look at social media, we look at TV, we look at friends around us. Maybe we look at our own marriage if we were married, a, you know, at the prior time. And so we just have a really wrong picture of what marriage mm. should look like all around us. We don't know what it could be like. We don't have any good models around us. Hmm. Yeah, stack, keep going or do you want me to? Well, yeah, well, actually, I want to I tease something out there a little bit. So, yeah. what, so within not knowing what a marriage should look like, what are, I mean, I guess, what areas do you think are lacking the most in terms of, you know, do they are, are young couples just not seeing the hope or the joy that can be had in a marriage? Are they not seeing yeah. the purpose or the, you know, the design for marriage, if it's even necessary? Or do they just not value that? I mean, where where's that that short circuit happening? Yeah, the biggest challenge there is is that uh, we don't have the good models. And, and the ones that we do see really not the good models, but couples just all they do is complain about their relationship. Mm-hmm. And all they do is complain about marriage. It's so hard. And even some of the phrases, right, that we throw around the old ball and chain, the old lady, <laughs> the, the deadbeat dad, the passive husband. And so all we hear perpetuated is like marriage is hard. You're all going to die. You're not good enough for the club and you're not going to cut it. <laughs> Sorry. And while marriage morbid. is hard. Yeah, so morbid. And so like, so now we know why couples don't get married, right? They move right. in together. They bounce from partner to partner because they're terrified of what lies ahead. They're skittish. They're afraid of it. And so in not having a good model, they don't actually hear how incredible marriage can be. Now, it, you, you know, you, I've heard you guys say it countless times. I've said it countless times. It is difficult and it is challenging, but anything that's, uh, it, it is so worth the effort to invest in your marriage, to do the hard work to, and not just give the bad side, but also to talk about how mm. fun marriage is, you know, companionship mm. and sexual intimacy and, communicating, being on mission together, raising kids together, that that's hard, but it's so awesome. And so we need to be doing a better job of giving an idea of not just of what it could look like, but, but also talking about the great parts of marriage. Hmm. That's awesome. For Ryan and I, one of the, one of the parts of marriage that I think we've, we engaged in early, um, but is one of the most, I don't know, it feeds my soul. I think it feeds our souls a lot is to seek God together. And hmm. You know, we we did that as teenagers. It sounds kind of weird, but, you know, we'd write Bible verses or we talk about like what God's teaching us. And we just kind of had that in our growing up, the times that we grew up and, and were dating. And so, you know, I, I don't I think that's different nowadays. I'm not sure. That, I mean, you could speak more to it about how how important do do young couples see this as important or do they see it as kind of mm. something old fashioned or something out of date that doesn't work anymore mm. or 
Yeah, maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, that's so good. So I think that the biggest challenge there is that, you know, the, what's the, the most important thing about who we are is is what Christ has done and who, who God says we are because of what he's done through, through Jesus, you know. And so when God sees us, we're defined not by our performance, not by what we do, you know, who we are. It's, it's who we are in Christ. Yeah. And unfortunately for couples— when they get to know one another, maybe they're attracted, maybe, you know, fun activities together. They have a friendship together. And the thing that's the most important thing about them, who they are spiritually, is often we see the last thing that they talk about. Hmm. And so they're attracted physically. They like one another. Hmm. They're fun to be with, which are all really important things. But when it boils down, the most important thing is, you know, how hard are you running after Jesus? Hmm. And so we can give off the illusion that we're... <clears throat> You know, maybe because we do the right things and don't do the wrong things, maybe we go to church. But when we're not, if we're not engaging about who we are in Christ and talking about the things that are most essential, then we're missing out on building our relationship and the right thing. And you actually can get deceived and get caught. It's kind of like a wolf can it deceive you. Uh, a mm-hmm. wolf in sheep's clothing. We follow or date the wrong person because they might look good on the outside, but there really is nothing inside spiritually. That's so. That's so true, and we've seen that. Where we have a you know husbands and wives, they might be two or three years into it, where that honeymoon period is well worn off, and now they're wondering, okay, who did, <laughs> who's this person I actually married? Right, right? right. I, I'm kind of yeah. you've the not feelings grown. are fading a little bit. They're kind of irritating me, rubbing me the wrong way. This is not what I thought yes. it was. Yeah, <laughs> just those thoughts yes. kind of start running through our brains. <laughs> so practically speaking, yeah. how how would you coach a young couple who is headed toward marriage or engaged? How would you coach them to actually engage with God's word on a deeper level? Specifically, what what methods have you seen that are that connect with younger couples uh, fairly quickly? Yeah, great. So one of them absolutely is just: Are you involved in a, in a local body of Christ? Are you both mm-hmm. going to church? Do you go to the same church? And just you know, basic one hundred and one is: What did you learn on Sunday morning or whenever your church service is? What are you learning? How is God challenging you? How is He growing you? Sometimes people, you know, they write into me or ask me this question: Like, what's a deep intense Bible study that we can do together as a dating couple. I don't think that's best because it, it's so often uh, enmeshes our hearts in ways that aren't healthy before we get married. You know, uh, Proverbs hmm. four twenty three: guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And we just open up vulner, you know, an incredible vulnerability and emotionally open with one another and maybe a way that's too soon. We kind of awaken mm-hmm. love before it so desires and so I, you know, in the beginning, just what does it look like? What are you learning? What is God teaching you? And then, uh, and then the other thing is just having a really good set of friends around you. So, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ who can help yeah. guide your relationship, speak into it, tell you when you're off, you know, really help push you towards Christ and then appropriately push you towards one another. Yeah. I, that's interesting. So good. That's that, so good. That, that spiritual intimacy is, uh, you know, if it's too intense, it, it uh, and you kind of grow, you awaken love before it's ready, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's good advice. So I'm going to kind of go off the script a little bit here in terms of the questions we were planning, because I'm really curious about this. If So cohabitation yeah. is a big yeah. thing, right? Yeah. You, you mentioned this earlier, that yeah. a lot of couples will just move in together instead of getting married, and they just act like they're married, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're basically living as if they were married, except they may not have the same bank accounts. They don't, you know, have two separate last names. So what do you tell? Because I know that you guys get a lot of couples that are from your church. You get a lot of couples from other churches, but I'm sure you get other couples that just come because they're invited by friends. You kind of have your ministries open to 
um, pretty much, I mean, not, correct me if I'm wrong, but anybody who signs up essentially That's can right. go to like the pre-married ministry. What do you, what do you tell the couple if they're cohabitating from two different standpoints, if they're cohabitating yeah. and they're not believers or they're cohabitating, yeah. cohabitating and they are, or cohabiting. I don't know if, I don't know the right, <laughs> the right way to say that, um, but you get what I'm trying to say. What, what, how do you, how do you live, living together? How about living together? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we'll just probably living together. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, one, you guys did a great podcast on this, you know, a couple episodes back, I think towards the end of last year. And so, I'd encourage anyone to listen to that for a deeper dive on it. And, and you're fine. you're right. Our pre-marriage class, we you know, so sixty to eighty percent of couples will move in together before they get married. Culture tells us it's what we do. You got to test drive the car, make sure things work and everything. You're compatible and all that stuff. And like, if I'm honestly like as a non-believer, I I understood that. That's what I did. That's what I wanted to move towards. I couldn't understand not trying it out before you got married. And so from a worldly point of view, it makes all the sense in the world. But when we look at, you know, research would tell us, as we look at God's word on what it says, and we can dive into that in a minute. But then you look at the research and everything that we want to go up goes down and everything we want to go down goes up. And so in mm-hmm. other words, marital satisfaction goes down for couples who live together before marriage. Income goes down. Sexual frequency goes down. Satisfaction and, and uh, you know marriage rates go down, but the hmm. things that go up, things like abuse of children and dissatisfaction, uh, hmm. you know everything that should be hmm. going down actually ends up going up. And that's not always one hundred percent of the time, but research would show that things just don't work out the way that we think it will. And so the world is telling us to do that, and we would just say God is calling you to do something completely different. That's radically countercultural that's really you know romans 12 2 of not being conformed to the pattern of the world but be mm-hmm. rather be transformed by renewing our minds so good and so even if yeah even if everyone, everyone's telling you to do it we would tell you just to stand firm and follow what god's plan is you know that we can trust him he's good he's not trying to rip us off mm-hmm. and it provides yep. an incredible opportunity for us to trust his design for relationships mm-hmm. that's so huge man that's so good. i love that because a lot of times people will because, you know, we're kind of, we have to toe the line, right? In the marriage world, um, especially if you want to be faithful to God's word. And you you and I have talked about this at length. I feel like you kind of have to toe the line and say, this is right and this is wrong. And you have to be very yes. clear. And so a lot of times what people, they start to get this miserly view that God is just trying to keep me from enjoying sex yeah. or God just doesn't yeah. want, you know. We Isn't have to, that the same lie that happened in Genesis 3 yes, that the enemy is saying, exactly don't right. you want to be like God? He's trying to sell you an idea that, mm-hmm. and God's like, you're made in my image. There's no mm-hmm. much, there's what else is there, you know? And, yeah. It's for our right. ultimate and greater flourishing that yes. he's given us his, his law, his design. And so I think that's so good. And painting that picture for not just what you're giving up, but really what you're gaining, mm-hmm. I think is probably one of the most yeah. compelling ways to, I don't know, convince or to <laughs> kind of pitch this idea that, Hey, God's idea is better. Right. Yeah. For the non-believer, you know, so our, our priority, and I think so often we expect non-believers to act like Christians. And so we, you know, hmm. hit them over the head with God's word and tell them you need to believe like we do. And they're, they're not redeemed. They don't, uh, they don't have the same views on God's word that we do. They're not under the authority of a loving God and, and his word and controlled and led by his spirit. Hmm. And so our, our bigger, you know, opportunity with couples who don't know the Lord 
when they're living together, we're not moving them out on day one. We're telling them about the love of a father who pursued them and who loves them, who sent his only son for mm-hmm. them. And so our bigger priority with couples who live together who are not believers is to point them towards the gospel and towards a cross. Yeah, we do warn them and we tell them, here's what research would say, here's what we believe. But our bigger priority, honestly, is is we want to, and we hope uh, we hope that they want to hear truth and they want to hear research. But ultimately, it's just to say, this is what a loving God would mm. most want for you and your relationship. Mm. And, and then for those who are believers who are living together, you know, the, it's a little bit of the opposite of saying, "Hey, you're what you want to follow out of God's word." And so His design is really clear. The way that He created marriage and the way He designed us to to pursue one another with purity, commit to one another with marriage, and then move in. And so we'll sit down with them and say, let's look at God's word together. Let's reason together. Let's, mm. let me, excuse me, understand where you're coming from. And and then we're going to point them to truth. And because they're followers of Christ, our hope is that they would submit to what God's word says, not Watermark's counsel, not Scott's counsel, not Ryan and Selena's counsel, mm. but what does God's word say about your relationship as a follower of Jesus Christ? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really so good. And just not taking for granted that they even understand right. the gospel, right? If they're coming in right. and they don't, they're not believers, you're not just glossing over the fact that there's some missing pieces there. And right. so to hear that you're filling in those pieces, it, it's so critical for a young couple to, mm-hmm. to know the truth that they're going to build their life on yeah. instead of just making all these yeah. assumptions. Selena and I say this all the time jokingly, but it's so true is that we, we we're in marriage ministry because it's just an excuse to talk about the gospel, mm-hmm. right? It's just an yes. excuse to have a conversation with somebody <laughs> about things that yeah. matter to them and then present the truth of scripture in that situation. So I love hearing your heart for that. Um, uh, I, I really do. So, so I, I got into it a little bit, but you're, so you've got a book coming out specifically for, this this target demographic if that's the right term that's a, that's a publisher cares about yeah. that term nobody else cares about that term <laughs> um, but it's called so tell us about that so it's it's called ready or not and what what is your heart for this work and i feel like you're pouring years and years of your life into a single work and so if you could just give us a glimpse yeah. into kind of your heart behind the words that you've already written yeah well thank you well it really is it's a dream come true and it's when i started doing marriage ministry in 2006 one of the biggest questions we're most frequently asked is, you know, what are some good resources for couples, you know, who whatever, whatever the situation is, who are walking through infidelity or want to grow their marriage, whatever it might be, communication. And so when I looked at books, I, th- I thought we had a great selection of books for married couples, but I didn't see the selection that was out there for pre-married mm. couples. And so, you know, I just started running in my head years and years and years ago maybe one day I'll write that book. And uh, and there are books that are out there and some of them are biblical, some are authentic, some are practical, but I couldn't find the one that was all three of those things. Mm. And so as I, you know, kind of prayed and dreamed about what it would look like, those were the, the three big non-negotiables is that this book had to be Christ-centered, biblically based. It had to be authentic and very real. And then I wanted it to be practical so people mm. knew what to do. And so that, you know, the title is a friend of mine came up with the title. I love it. You know, ready or not K-N-O-T 12 conversations every couple needs to have before marriage. Mm. And my heart behind it is that we would help couples make the best decision possible about their relationship, whether or not they get engaged and then moving towards marriage to prepare them. And then even as a married couple, you know, to read it and help strengthen and grow their marriage with one another. 
Wow. I, yeah, no, I really, I've really enjoyed. So we got to get a preview of the book. We got to read it and we got to um, help write a review for it. Right. Review. No uh, endorsement. I'm sorry. I get my words mixed up. Endorsement. And I think, yeah. I think when a, just hearing you say the, the biblical being rooted in the Bible, being authentic and real. I loved how you brought in stories into your, into mm. your book, because it really helps paint a picture to a young couple you know, okay, these are people that went through this. Like you can have people in your head that you've seen maybe have gone through these things and you can right. understand how they feel and the things that they're kind of, you know, divvying up and trying to figure out. And then you give them the practical advice on how to walk through that. And I think I wish this book was available when we were getting married because a lot of <laughs> books and resources that are out there are not bad, but they're, you know, they're very curriculum driven. And um, this one I feel like is for anybody that is mm. considering marriage, getting married it's just a great read to have, or it was newly married. And it's, you talk, it's very, it's very easy to read. You bring scripture in here that is just so powerful. It's so just right on. It's not, mm. you know, you're not just picking verses out of the air. It's very contextual and mm. it's solid. And I, being able to understand, you know, some of the, all these different, um, just hard times or maybe hard conversations you might, you're mm. going to encounter mm. in marriage and being able to see it sort of from the outside looking in, I think is a super unique view and it's very helpful. And it's, it's not, it's very disarming, I guess, as a reader, because you're saying, mm. Oh, I'm going to learn from them what they did, but it's also getting right to the heart and the core of what is going on maybe in your marriage or what is to come. So I just want to put that out there. <laughs> if a couple is looking for a resource to have kind of relatable like stories, but also get the biblical truth. They mm -hmm. also get practical ways yeah. to apply that. I feel like it, this book it, hits it on, so, yeah, on the, on the head every time on the nail. So thank that's you. very, okay. Thank so I, I have another uh, hard hitting question. I know there's a lot of wisdom that, that we could mine from the mind of Scott Kedershaw. <laughs> I want to, I want to hit, this is going to be a little bit of a t tougher one. At least for me, it seems tough. So our mission and Scott, you probably know this, is to just simply point couples to Christ and commission those marriages for the gospel. We want to see couples ministering to other couples in their life, friends, family, yeah. young couples that are engaged. So I envision this this book, Ready mm -hmm. or Not, against K-N-O-T, Ready or Not, being a good tool for a, a, an older couple or a more mature couple. So we've been married 15 years. We can hand this to younger couples who are in their first few years of marriage mm -hmm. or they're engaged or, yeah. or even you know five, seven years in. Mm -hmm you know, be useful for them. Yeah. So a lot of times those couples like us, we have friends that are close to us that are maybe living, um, that maybe they're not, you know, they're not married, they're living together, they're having sex together. We we say, okay, we want to give them this book. They've expressed interest in, in kind of conforming their marriage and their relationship to God's plan. Mm -hmm. So this is the hard part of the question is how would you encourage a couple like us to minister uh, to couples? We talk about minister, you know, uh, commissioning others, commissioning couples for the gospel. Yeah. How could we love that couple in a way that is truthful, but also very loving and um, relationally driven? I, I'm, a, I'm a huge reader. I love books. You know, it is my, um, you know, if I had, we were talking before, before we got on air about if I had an hour to myself to do whatever I want, I probably, if my wife wasn't there, I'd probably read. Like I'm a big fan of books and resources. <laughs> awesome. And so that's partly why I wrote it. But but I'll tell you, I think much more powerful than than a book that we can give someone or, a you know, an article or, or, you know, a podcast is just to impart our lives and to spend time with other people. And so, hmm. you know, I, I've learned more from my friends, John and Pam, from Jim and Judy, from 
my mom, the way that she loved my dad, I'm going to start crying, the way that she loved my dad in his mm. last days with Alzheimer's. You know, I watched the way that mm. they love and pursue one another in a way that blows away anything I'd find in, in any book because it's flesh and blood. And so, mm. you know, I would say, what can you do with, with a couple who, uh, who needs guidance with, you know, your 15 years, my 17 years? It's to open up our homes, it's to spend time with them, it's to engage them, it's to lovingly share the gospel, the truth, uh, it's to impart our lives uh, into theirs and spend time with one another is so much more powerful than anything that we could read. And, and honestly, like we, we're all moving away from that, unfortunately, just with our hmm. busy schedules and, you know, crazy if you got kids and social right. media and we're pulling further away from one another instead mm. of actually engaging one, with one another in flesh and blood. So good. Uh, that goes back to what you said earlier and kind of some of the first advice you give a couple mm-hmm. um, who's headed into marriage is what, or you'd ask them this, what church body are you a part of? Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. it's not just about, yeah. so some, so to clear up if there's some fogginess there, it's not just about joining an institution or signing on a dotted line and becoming a member of a church. It's about being the church, right? Yeah. Being a part of right. a community right. that where, knows you and that you're, yes. you're known by them. And so we are so yeah. relational, Scott. You just, I mean, mm-hmm. that is, you couldn't harp on that message hard, hard enough, right? <laughs> and that we are relational yeah. people. We have to have people who love us, who know us. That's the key. Not because you yes. can't, you can't know what you, what is, what does Jen Wilkins say? You can't The love. heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times what will happen is, uh, you know, I'll just speak from a husband's perspective. You're going into um, a relationship, like when we were dating, mm-hmm. right? I want to, I, I'm trying to put on a certain, like I want to be the man that you want to marry. <laughs> I want to make you proud. Uh-huh. And that might be an altruistic motivation, but I, that our sin tendency or sin nature makes us want to hide our sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I never disclose that to my wife and we never deal with it, it could be anything. It could be, um, you know, you've idolized money, your job, maybe you're addicted to pornography. A lot of young guys are dealing with that. Um, young guys and gals, frankly, are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't often disclose those things because we're afraid they won't, they won't love us. And so we don't actually feel the fullness of love because mm-hmm. we always feel like, well, if you knew this little dark corner of my life, you wouldn't love me. Therefore mm-hmm. the love you show me is, not truly love. It's a, it's a, it's a incomplete kind yeah. of conditional feeling. So, love. so I don't want to, so just to speak to your point, Scott, of, of being in that community and at, so whether you're needing that community or you want to be that community for somebody else, the key is just being known by others, mm-hmm. right. And spending time with yeah. others, quality time. So that's so good, man. That's so good. Yeah. So yeah. back to ready or not. <laughs> So there, as you know, and most people who listen to this know, there are thousands of marriage books that are probably worth buying and reading. What would you say differentiates? I know you mentioned the three kind of non-negotiables you had going into yep. writing this book. Um, what is unique about Ready or Not on top of those compared to other marriage resources uh, in the marketplace? Yeah. So part of that, I think the biggest thing, and I, part of what I mentioned before is just the authenticity and realness of it, rawness of it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's written by a guy who is, could not be any more human. You know, the way that I get frustrated with my kids, the way I'm selfish with my wife, the way that I struggle with, you know, with lust or, you know, my biggest issue is, uh, is overeating and idolizing food and the comfort I think that will come with that. And, and mm. I, what I wanted to make sure happened in this book is that we didn't pull any punches when mm. we wrote about what marriage is, the good and the bad. And so just the authenticity of it, that 
comes out in, you know, I hope in my voice and uh, the stories I tell. And then I know that the, I interviewed 12 couples. So it's 12 conversations. And then I interviewed 12 different couples. And so, you know, the couple awesome. who talked about money, I know their real story. And it's, and we tried to capture how real it is. The couple uh, that I interviewed about in-laws and family still have very strained relationships with one of their families. And they've done everything they can to pursue Jesus and to pursue the, uh, you know, the family of origin and things have not worked out peachy keen mm. in the end. Uh, the couple in chapter one is a couple where both the husband and wife cheated on one another, mm. you know, and so I, we were telling those stories and being real about it. And so, you know, the thing, I, and there are lots of good books out there and, you know, and I, don't, I would never presume that mine's better than any other. I do think it's uh, as authentic as, as, it, as they come. And so I think that part of it's really refreshing to hear the the real side of marriage from mm. somebody who is very broken and cares deeply about it. I just love everything you've said in our interviews of, mm. you know, having people know you and you're clearly on that mission of, you know, being transparent and sharing in the struggles in order to share with what Christ is doing and at work and what he's doing in the hearts of young married couples or couples that are considering marriage. Um, <clears throat> so just, Thank you. I guess I'm sitting here just refreshed and taking notes and like, <laughs> yeah. this is just so great. Like this, everything you're saying is, is just hitting the nails on the head. And, you know, God is just at work already in, mm. in, in all the words that you've written. And so, um, you look like you want to say something. Yeah. Well, I, well, I have one <laughs> fun question for Scott that I want to finish with. But before that, Scott, where can people go to find, uh, find this book or where do you want to send our, our lovely listeners to read what all, all the wisdom that you yes. poured into the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, your lovely listeners. You can go to scottkadersha.com slash ready is the, the book website that I put together. Nice. It has all the information on the book and pre-ordering if you're listening to this before it comes out on February 5th. And so great, great pre-order bonuses you can get, who I wrote it for, all the places you can buy it, whether you want hard copy, Kindle, audio book, those are all on the website. So scottkadersha.com slash ready. And then just, you know, you can always go to scottkadersha.com. Don't try to spell Kadersha. I know it will be in the, <laughs> uh, it's really difficult to spell. <laughs> the good thing is I get my own URL. I don't have to compete with anyone else yeah. for it, but it's awesome. sort of challenging to spell. So the upside and downside. But yeah, but I write about marriage and parenting and ministry. I, I do book reviews. And so you can find any of that on uh, on my website as well. That's great. Thank you so much. And one of one of our last questions that we like to end with. This with is the all fun of one our, that I was getting this to. This is the yeah. fun one. The fun one. I get to yeah. ask the fun one. Yes. <laughs> so what would be yeah. your ideal date night with your wife? Since this is a marriage podcast, yeah. we got to include the spouses. So what would be your guys' ideal date night? Great question. Well, number one, if I was able to, we'd come to Tacoma, Washington and hang out with Ryan. Hey, yes. Yes. <laughs> one of these days we'll do that. But I know you're but lying, Scott, I, by the way. <laughs> No, that's so true. We do, It is on our bucket list of places to come. Awesome. Um, I'm going to throw a little curveball to your question. I would say not a date night, but a date mm. day. Okay. And so this is something that we've started to do uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, we blocked the calendar from nine to three. Kids are in school. We get the whole day together. Uh, we get to do some things during the day that you can't do at night. Some places that are open at daytime, not the evening. We get a longer amount of time. We don't have to worry about child care for the kids meals are cheaper so you can get a cheaper nice lunch and a cheaper <laughs> mm -hmm. than a, than a dinner, right 
And so that that is our, uh, you know, so we we do that every year in our anniversary, and we try to pick another day to do that as well. And so ideally, we'd go explore somewhere we've never been, eat someplace we've never eaten before, and then go get a cup of coffee and sit down and catch up, and maybe we'll mm-hmm. play a game with one another somewhere in there. Because this is my idea, we're going to go home and you know get busy. <laughs> fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to just let you awkwardly just try to figure out a way around that. But, <laughs> that's awesome, but man. only as a married couple. Yeah. So we've had yeah. a lot of fun with date days. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's so awesome. you go somewhere you've never been, eat something you've never had, eat somewhere you've never eaten before, have some coffee and catch up and play uh, a game. Play a game and go home and get busy. Doing homework. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's called homework. Marriage homework. <laughs> that's awesome, man. All right, well, Scott, I, I, this has been just such a blessing to to catch up a little bit. We haven't talked on the phone in a while, so we got to catch up a little bit uh, beforehand. But I get the sense that we could probably grill you for about two hours and just ask you <laughs> question after question after question. So I, I regret that. I think our time is up. However, readers, you can find more listeners, sorry, and internet readers, you can find more of what Scott has to offer and a lot of wisdom uh, at scottkadersha.com. You can find his URL in the show notes, but uh, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time. Mm-hmm. Please sell, send Kristen our regards. We, um, I, well, I figured it was probably a pipe dream to have her on here as well. Maybe, uh, maybe someday. Someday. That'd be great. That'd be great. But yeah. And, and please let all the boys know that I said, hi, if they remember that weird guy that stayed in their house <laughs> a year ago and tell them I said, hi, no, they forget you. I will. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. <laughs> grateful for you guys and your ministry and our partnership in the gospel. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We hope you guys have enjoyed this interview and we hope it's been encouraging. Maybe it's even been challenging in some good ways. Uh, we'd encourage you to pick up uh, his book, ready or not, and pick up an extra copy. Give it to a friend. Give it to a couple that's getting married or thinking about it. To do that, simply go to scottkadersha.com slash ready. That's scott, S-C-O-T-T, K-E-D-E-R-S-H-A dot com slash ready. Anyway, we hope this episode has blessed you and we will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.